Hi, welcome to another edition of Hashtag Finance. I'm your host, Barrington Miller, and today I'm here with Anthony Durkatz, Chairman of the Board of World Class Extractions. Thank you, Barrington, for having to me. <laughs> My apologies. Thanks, Barrington, for having me. <laughs> uh, no problem. Um, you know, that might be the mimosas talking because we are uh, we're actually celebrating a market open um, for World Class Extractions. So... Thank you and welcome to the 72nd floor of First Canadian Place for our market open uh, events. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first of all, how do you spell Durkatz? It's <laughs> <laughs> a great question. Um, so it's Anthony and the last name is D-U-R-K-A-C-Z. Yeah, try, um, you know, that, that name has been butchered uh, countless ways. I would hate to order a Starbucks coffee um, trying to, <laughs> with your last name. So uh, how it did does you make me unique? Though. <laughs> how did you get here? How did you get to today? Sure. So I, I started um, actually on the TD securities trading floor, um, trading uh, foreign exchange and then money markets. Um, but I always had a passion for stocks. Uh, and um, when in when I was in my first year of work at TD, I ended up uh, being diagnosed with a very rare form of cancer. And so I had it was sort of in and out of hospitals and sort of had a life-changing event uh, and, and saw the light. And I decided that I wanted to try to do something more fulfilling uh, in my life. And I wanted to be part of, of building something, you know, as opposed to just sort of trading it for a bank. And, and so I ended up leaving the bank, uh, became a CFO of a fuel cell company, which was a startup, which really sort of taught me all the lessons in the microcap world. And this was a duly listed company in Canada and the U.S. So I sort of got both experiences in one shot. Uh, luckily, after probably what should have been the fifth bankruptcy of the company <coughs> over, so we had to learn every sort of right. you know way to keep a company to survive. We ended up getting bought out by by a billionaire in India, uh, and then I did M and A work for him for a couple of years. Uh, they wanted uh, me to relocate um, to Dubai, um, but at that time we started a new family. That didn't work, um, so I became the CFO of a company called Snip Interactive, okay. and a director, a co-founder in Canada, which is a mobile marketing company. Took it public, raised money, uh, and then in 2013, um, I became president of Capital Ideas Investor Relations uh, because I liked the investor relations, the networking, and I saw both sides of companies, both management side and uh, the investor side. Investor and relations covers so much. Like it does. It's, it, you can't you can't just pin one definition. It's uh, no. And, and and the beauty is, you know, when you're in management or you're the investor, you're sort of on two different sides of a company. And and so this sort of gave me, I think, a, a broader way of, of of looking at at companies. And then uh, within a year of that, we, we had some really great successes. At that time, we had. Um, you know, we, we weren't into junior mining. I was never into junior mining. So in the fall of junior mining in sort of 2011, 2012, um, we were uh, involved in businesses that were um, actual companies generating revenues with EBITDA <laughs> and looking at rolling them up using the, um, using the stock as currency. And that became sort of this flight to quality. So people that were sort of bailing out of junior mining or were just getting slaughtered financially began to, to turn into this, you know, what we would call flight to quality. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, for companies. And and so we ended up having a, a number of successes, ended up having, you know, this stocks that were the most actively traded at that time uh, on the TSX uh, venture. Um, 
until 2014 when I ended up buying into First Republic Capital, uh, which is an exempt market dealer, an investment bank, and that sort of gave me the ability to go and you know, invest in companies and, and, and sort of do a lot more than just sort of focus. And on the IR side, I found that IR was a very thankless job. And then when, uh, when companies would cancel your contracts, you, your options would also be canceled uh, within 30 or 60 days. And, and as an investment banker, those options never get canceled. So the, the wealth creation, Correct. if a company is successful, uh, worked out better. And so with First Republic Capital, it sort of get, began to give me access. There's an interesting story for the CSE, though. Okay. So um, when we were, this was back in 2015, um, you had, the CSE at that time was beginning these cannabis uh, companies. And yes. And that was, that was, that was <laughs> sort of, you know, it began to be, become very interesting. And we invested in this company at that time called Abitus Bioceuticals. At that time, the ticker symbol was ATT. I don't know if it was still the same. Yeah. And oh. we had bought into that company and we closed it on Valentine's Day in February 2014. And that was a five cent financing with a 10 cent half warrant. And that stock within about a month went to about $3 a share on massive volumes. And it was one of those first bellwethers that the CSE began to generate more volume. And uh, and after that came Nutritional High, which was you know, David Posner and Jeff yep. Mazur. Uh, and uh, so we ended up helping them finance uh, at the end of the day. And But Tinley Beverages is when Jeff Mazur went out on his own. And Tinley was very interesting because uh, at that time, you know, th there was there was a market where you would raise money, but there wasn't the same amount of liquidity. Tinley was that first stock that started to get, I think on one day in August, and this was in 2015 or 16, um, we ended up trading over 8 million shares. I remember 30, that. Yeah, yeah. And, and and that sort of began to change this dynamic of liquidity um, in, in, in the CSE. And then after Tinley Nutritional High ended up doing a day where it traded like 35 or 38 million shares in a day. And, and you know, then all of a sudden this liquidity, you know, function came out and it was just amazing because the CSE to us was always an, an, a great place to list. Um, and, you know, because of the cost, number one, and, and number two, it was just, um, it wasn't as invasive right on our business um and then once those liquidity um events happen you know that ch changed the entire dynamic well it was um it was good for us as well because we've been uh we've been telling the story that you know it's we're not a company's ability to um to get volume and to trade isn't necessarily based on the stock exchange it's based on the story 100%. And, if, and if you have a story and you have a real story and a real business that's going to get people trading. Absolutely. And, um, you know, they may not necessarily, where the company's listed may not be the first place they look. They just want to make sure that they can get it and that they can trade it. And that wherever they're listed can handle it, um, which we proved, and that started ringing some bells. Correct. So. And, 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 it was, and it was really important. So, you know, what I, what I did realize in, in past experience when it comes to microcap companies is that liquidity is, is key. You know, if, if when, when you're going public as a company, you can have the best idea, right? But at the end of the day, if it's only an idea and not a business, you know, you can run into significant trouble. So it's, it's critical, and I think it's true now within the industry as cannabis is beginning to change. We're going to, you know, from this amazing boom with the end of prohibition, you know, where companies today have to focus more on operations and less on promotion. 
it's uh, this will lead us into our next segment. Um, when we've gone to various events and various conferences, and people are talking, well, what's the trend? What's the trend with cannabis? Where's it going? Where's it headed? And extractions is usually one or two, one A, one B, and you have a world class extractions. I, so yeah, I, I I would say that I think also uh, you know when when you look for sort of these tailwinds for bull markets and where they're going to come from. The cannabis industry was predicated on, you know, the end of prohibition in Canada. And that just drove this amazing industry that, you know, mm-hmm. had $150 billion and 300 and something odd, you know, <laughs> companies now that are listed in, in Canada. And it created this incredible um, wealth boom in this country uh, that we're still enjoying today, even though the markets are down. But um, the legalization of edibles and concentrates that are coming, I think, could be a tailwind for the extraction industry because your edibles and your uh, vaporizers and your concentrates are all in extracted form. Yes. And when you look in the U.S. states that are legal today and some of the data, edibles, beverages, um, vaporizers, uh, pretty much most outsell just flour itself. So I think, you know, hopefully that'll be a a bull market driver for the industry uh, in general because in this country we know it's coming to legalization uh, I think in December is, is the last that I've heard but we haven't had like that's an what, official that's, date yeah we heard the unofficial October the second the unofficial is December yeah so. And, and, and so if they do that you know I, I, you would think that hopefully there's going to be some win definitely at, uh, for extractors uh, for sure and then um I think it, you know legalization in America the federal government there is going to have to legalize you you have more than two-thirds of your states that have legalized it for medical purposes. Mm-hmm. At least for medical purposes, it's it's coming either through the state yep. act, you know, or other ways. And uh, that hopefully should also provide a very strong, you know, bull market rally, um, especially for companies that, you know, are focused in the U.S. Now, um, now with world-class extractions, uh, you had a, uh, a very special <laughs> milestone event that's occurred. Uh, yeah, could you so, tell us so, a little bit about that? Yeah, so, so uh, the merger of World Class and Quadron, um, to me, was a merger of operations, technologies, and finance. And um, when I look at, um, especially microcap companies, you know, you have to have all three of those um, in order to be successful. And on that note, uh, we'll take a small commercial break brought to you by Pump, another CSE listed company. We're social here at the CSE. Each and every day we'll keep you up to date on trending topics that investors are talking about, such as cannabis, blockchain, and esports. Follow daily CSE news and events on your favorite social media platform, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. You'll find exclusive interviews with leading entrepreneurs from a variety of industries, thought-provoking stories from across the world of finance, and updates from CSE events taking place worldwide. Join the conversation and connect with us today. And we're back. I'm here with Anthony Durkatz, chairman of the board of World Class Extractions. So we were just talking about the merger with Quadrant and, uh, of course, Rosie, Rosie yes. London. Yes. Um, yeah. Let's go into let's go into that. Who who called who first? Who who picked up the phone? What uh, what was that aha moment? Um, did it come naturally? So uh, I I picked up the phone. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I reached out to them uh, when when. I co-founded World Class. We we had this um, idea in mind, and the idea was that in the world of extractions, like in the world of cannabis, this is going to be a commodity, and so this is everything. At the end of the day, is going to come down to a price quality 
relationship. Right. And um, and so for price, you have to have efficient operations, and you have to have scale, right? Because this is a very large scale commoditized environment or industry that we're mm-hmm. in. So um, we had come up with uh, an idea on how to uh, develop a uh, continuous flow um, extraction machine so that unlike other extraction machines at the time, and this was three years ago, in the cannabis industry, none of them were continuous flow. So they were all start-stop machines. Okay. Turn them on, you'd have to like clean them out after they were turned on. So you could only do them in sort of segments. And so the idea was, you know, could we produce something that number one would be continuous flow, meaning you can operate it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Because right. that's where you're gonna start to get that scale in. And it's gotta be scalable. So you have to be able to do volume, right? right. And then the third component was, could you make it mobile? Because mobility is is a function. If you're going to develop like a sorry, when or, you say when you say mobile, do you mean yeah, the actual? She can move it easily. The actual machine. The actual machines, yeah. And and so you want to be able to be mobile to, to move it easily, so you can move it from location to location if if necessary. And that was sort of this idea behind efficiency. We you know when when you come up with ideas, of course, ideas are always going to be played with a number of challenges or obstacles or problems that you mm-hmm. face and then you continue to work on them and, and, and try to overcome them. And um, in, in my sort of looking at the rest of the industry, um, Quadron appeared to have an answer for me. And so that's how, uh, and that was the reason why I reached out to them and then uh, assessed what they had. Absolutely love their technology, extremely complimentary to ours. and allowed some of the missing pieces, the pieces that we we're having trouble overcoming fit in there. Uh, and uh, I believe their team was operationally incredible. Um, and so that's where we're really fit. You know, my strengths in, in uh, the industry are really sort of accessing the capital and, and dealing with, with the public markets. And so it really became a fit for us. And, and uh, that's how this, this <laughs> marriage came together. And I mean, it's been it's been a wonderful marriage. There's been so many sort of extra things when you merge a company right. that you never expect from like the audit side and like legal side and, and stuff like that. So that that's sidetracked us for a couple months just because of the just enorm- the enormity of the of the amount of, of paperwork and stuff that had to be done, you know, to remain, you know, on time with your filings and everything that you have to do from you know from audit to legal to well, at least you didn't have to switch exchanges exactly <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like everything was already at home it, so. and, and then so those and, and yeah and 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 we were both yeah we're both firm believers in the CSC not to plug you guys but that <laughs> no, you know we'll, the, we'll take it <laughs> um, and yes yeah, so, so it was it was really just this perfect fit and and so far it's been amazing and you know now that we're finally past the you know these enormous piles of paperwork to get this thing done and properly you know now our sole focus is you know short-term revenue generating marginable contracts because in this industry in cannabis in general right in in any industry but i'm going to say specifically in the cannabis industry you have to be operationally savvy and you have to build that income statement. 2020 is going to be the year of the build of the income statement. 2020 is the year of the income statement. You heard it here first. (laughs) I like that. And and I think companies that fail uh, to to understand that or see that or work towards succeeding at that, you know, are going to ultimately fail in 2020. Well, on that note, um, you've given us the the future projections. Um, 
of the market and what 2020 is going to bring. Um, are there any any last words you'd like to uh, let the audience uh, know about you or World Class or anything about Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I'd like to thank our shareholder base, uh, you know, number one for being very patient with us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were uh, fairly thin on news releases over the summertime, uh, also because of the state of the market, which was, was a reality. Um, but that does not mean that we were not working <laughs> extremely hard on on you know trying to build real shareholder value here and um so i want to thank my shareholder base uh, for their patience and and for um for being an investor in us and that we will not uh, we we should probably we'll be reaching out i think here uh, a lot more often <laughs> very very soon so well, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you not only on the 72nd floor of First Canadian Place, but also at the Canadian Securities Exchange. Um, you are like an unofficial employee and ambassador um, <laughs> of the Securities Exchange. Um, and this has been another episode of Hashtag Finance. I'm your host, Barrington Miller, and this has been uh, with Anthony Durkatz, Chairman of the Board of World Class Extractions. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, it's Grace from the CSC reminding you to make sure to follow us on social media for the latest updates on our listed companies as well as new listing alerts. For more in-depth content, be sure to pick up our free quarterly magazine, Public Entrepreneur, available online at thecsc.com.